Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students and potential students, alumni, Rockhurst families, anyone that's interested in the university. Uh, welcome. On the show today, we are very pleased to welcome three of the four uh, Rockcast cast members, as well as a special guest, Alicia Douglas. Uh, who is Director of Community Relations and Outreach at the university and leads the Rockhurst Community Center. Lots of good stuff happening there, and Alicia's going to tell us all about that. She's also going to talk about Black History Month and how we are living in history right now, and she has some excellent things to say. So really looking forward to uh, talking with her. We'll also talk about a couple announcements that came out to the Rockers community this week. Very briefly, we'll just mention that commencement will be in person this year. Also, some stuff for next fall on campus is going to be um, a little bit closer to normal, so we'll talk about that. We got a topic that came in from you, the listeners, of how can I get involved on campus. And also, we'll review our Super Bowl predictions and they went away with just the throw of a flag. I'm gonna leave it there like that. But first, let's introduce everyone. Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how your semester is going so far, and if you want to include a class that you're really interested in right now that's really going well, feel free. Um, and we'll start, as always, clockwise from the top, so Brianna. Hello everyone, my name is Bree. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, currently a sophomore here on campus. And I would say that the most interesting course that I have right now will probably be Global Perspectives of Disability. Um, it's very interesting and it even kind of um, allows you to open your eyes on the realm of disability. And it kind of holds you accountable for even like some of the things that you say that may seem minimal or not, but it's a very interesting class and I can't wait to see how much I learned during it. Hi everyone, I'm Jerry Payton II. I am a sophomore at Rockhurst Taylor from Chicago. And the class I have right now that I really like is Abnormal Psychology. Um, it's literally exactly what the name of the class is, Abnormal Psychology, which is very interesting because it takes a different, a different set of input, I guess you can say, on how the mind works and a lot of you know disabilities. That's a very common theme as well, but also getting to apply that to everyone. I, I think the class is teaching me a lot about so many different types of people. We talk about abnormal psychology, but then realize that it might be a lot more normal than we're typically willing to admit. So it's definitely broadening my perspective. My name is Amira Karomo. I am a senior. I am from Shawnee, Kansas. And then a class that I am very interested in right now that is called American Literature since 1945. Um, we are currently listening to um, an audiobook, The Plot Against America. Um, so it's been very interesting just kind of learning um, about, you know, different times in American and American history. So I've, yeah, I've been very interested in it. Excellent. And I am Chad Schnarr. Welcome to our first time listeners. And if you need anything or have any questions or topic ideas, please uh, contact us through rockers.edu or Instagram at Rockers University. We'll be happy to help steer you in the right direction or hear what you have to say for sure. Be sure to find us and rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, obviously, and find us on our YouTube channel. 
youtube.com slash rockhursthawk, where a Zoom cast of this podcast will be available, as well as previous stuff and all the other videos that we're putting out there. We are excited to be joined this week by Alicia Douglas of the Rockhurst Community Center. Um, as we mentioned in the intro, we are more than excited to have her with us, uh, especially now. Uh, so Alicia, welcome. Hey guys, good to see you all. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good, we're glad to have you here. Yeah, it's great. It's great to participate today. It's great to be here. Let's just start with uh, Alicia. What is your role with Rockhurst and specifically the community center? Cool, yeah, so I am the director of community relations and outreach uh, for the university. And so what that means basically is I am the liaison between the university and the greater community. So I work with our neighborhood associations, I work with elected officials, um, I work with uh, folks in our business community and civic organizations and nonprofit organizations. Um, I also uh, direct our community center. So I facilitate uh, the space here uh, on campus. And some of you know Betty Carson. So Betty also uh, co-facilitates with me working with um, uh, some of the groups who call us up and and ask us to use the space here at the center. And um, so when we talk about being in the city for good at Rockhurst, one of the things that um, that you all are very well familiar with is, you know, how we do service and those kinds of things um, um, as uh as our community, you know, as, as, you know, as students, you know, faculty, staff, we go out and do service all the time, but as an institution, one of our ways to give back in, um, uh, to the city is to provide this space here uh, on campus so that community members also have a place to kind of call their own as part of the campus uh, as well. So our community center here, actually, I would say we have uh, become kind of a, you know, a, a home away from home to uh, between 60 to 70 um, different nonprofit and community organizations uh, in a given year that uh, that use the, the the community center on a regular basis. Um, of course, during the pandemic, we've been a bit of a ghost town, uh, which is just you know kind of sad to say. Um, but as far as students, you know, being able to use the space and things like that, it's also a space for students. So over the years, you know, students come up. Um, they want to study, they want to hang out, you know, cook, because um, we have a kitchen in the back. So it's, you know, it was a familiar sight, especially in the evenings to see, you know, oh, there's a group baking cookies. Like, okay, that's a kind of a cool thing uh, to come upon. Um, and to have that intermingling of uh, folks who are from our neighboring community and our, uh, and our student body, to be uh, all in one space. So anyone from any walk of life, this is the one place on campus where you could end up being in a space with just about anybody. So I've had, uh, I've had mayors here in our space. I've had Congress folk here. I've had, you know, our next door neighbors, you know, here. Um, 
they're, you know, nonprofit civic, le civic leaders, you know, and there have been, you know, obviously students here, you know, from both, you know, Rockhurst, UMKC, the community colleges, but we also have individuals who identify as homeless. Uh, who've been in our space, you know, people who are extremely well-educated in our space. And sometimes you don't know who is who either when you're talking to them, um, because that's the kind of inclusive space that, uh, that we have here. And that's the kind of culture that we've built at the community center. So it, and these are things that I've, I'm not, I'm not crafting that language necessarily, those are the, the, that's the feedback that we're getting from our folks who come and visit us and come through the doors uh, at the center. So this is kind of a point of pride. And I've been um, the person who's been able to facilitate, facilitate that for almost 20 years now. And it's been, and it's been a great thing to be able to do. Um, so, so that's been the center of the other pieces of community engagement. I've also, um, uh, if you've heard of the Finucane Service Day, I'm sure <laughs> you've participated in that. So I've had a hand in uh, uh, co-facilitating uh, that uh, with Dr. Julia Vargas, um, which, is, uh, which is wonderful. Um, we also uh, do other um, activities as well that are service-based our big trick-or-treat program uh, that we have uh, here where we turn the center into a haunted house uh, during Halloween. So that's also something fun that we've done. So there, there have been a number of things here where we connect with community, um, you know, talk again, being in the city for good, being for and with that with peace is huge for us. Um, and getting to know people in the community has been extremely, extremely huge part of, of what I do. Um, and, all, and learning that, you know, the core values at Rockhurst, particularly care personalities, care of the whole person. Um, anyone who's been a part of our community here at the university knows that, you know, care of the whole person is probably number one on that list because we care about each other. We, we're taking care of each other. But what I've learned working with you know our neighbors is that that's pretty big on their list too um, because as I work with our neighborhood associations and our neighborhood coalition because we actually uh, rockers is in a coalition area uh, they they really do take the time to, to care and they want to know you know what's going on at rockers are you you know, are you guys okay? You know, are, you know, are things okay at the university? Uh, are students okay? So they're looking out for students, uh, particularly those who live in the neighborhood. And, uh, and, and it's coming from a good place where they wanna make sure that, you know, that students are being safe, that, uh, that students, you know, are taken care of, or if they know that somebody is, you know, not that great of a landlord, you know, hey, you know, you better, you know, be take. You better be paying attention uh, to that kind of thing, uh, and really looking, you know, looking out for them, you know, and and making sure that you know Rockhurst administration knows about those kinds of things as well, um, and that includes even working with our security team. Uh, that includes working with student life, 
uh, and all of those types of things. And so we even created a neighborhood council um, that works with neighborhood leaders uh, to, to talk about all those different kinds of things. And that stemmed from some of that. Um, and like I said, we hope that students, you know, get the chance to get out there and get to know different neighbors. You never know who you're going to meet um, along the way. And, you know, one of the folks that I think about is um, uh, who lives across, basically across the street from Corcoran, is a lady who basically uh, moved into our house when she was five years old. So the, around 1915, she's still alive. And so she was here when Rockhurst was practically being built. And so could you imagine the stories that she has to tell about, you know, when Rockhurst was basically on, when it was on a dirt road, through it was a dirt road, and then like everything that got built up all around, um, you know, and other people who've been around here and they, you know, they decided that this is where they want to be. And this is where their families, you know, they raised their families here and their grandchildren, you know, and some of them went to school here or some of the children or grandchildren have gone to school here. And so they, you know, have become a part of uh, the Rockers story as well. So it's not just, you know, like, oh, there are those people out there. They're, you know, we're all part of the same community. We're in this symbiotic community together. And it's actually this really beautiful thing. So so I've gotten to be part of that. And you all actually, you're all part of it too. So in your own way. And it's actually really cool. So, so that's what I get to do. <laughs> I truly thank you, Alicia, for coming here on today. And it really shows how much you're passionate about what you do. And we definitely applaud you for your continuous work at Rockhurst. So thank you so much. So I just want to know as students, like how can we really just fully immerse ourselves in the community? And what kind of things do you want us to get into, involved in when it comes to the community center? Well, I think there are several different ways that students can get involved. And I'd say number one is I'll start with the easy stuff first. So first is for students who haven't figured out how to, to participate in service, um, you can go to Engage Rockers. So it's on the single sign-on. If you see the little Engage button, click on that and you can find like all different kinds of community service opportunities. And, uh, and you can even like, pick through things that you care about, things that you, if you care about um, food justice, uh, if you care about housing, if you care about uh, economic development, um, there are so many different things on there. If you like children and you, you know, you want to be part of a reading program, you can do all of those different kinds of things. So, so we have a ton of, uh, of activities on there. So, so I'd say you could start there. So uh, you don't have to jump into the deep end right away. Um, some other things that you can do too, I think is um, also actually being active in, if you are someone who lives off campus in particular, you know, find out what's going on in your area, find out what's going on in your neighborhood. Um, there are different ways to do that. So you could check to see like, if there's a neighborhood association, a neighborhood association is different from a homeowner's association. So a neighborhood association is a volunteer 
organization. It's it's completely voluntary. Homeowners association is, you know, something you pay into. You know, uh, if uh, a group of homeowners uh, they pay into that bill, but a uh, but a, a neighborhood association, um, you know, they'll host meetings, but usually they'll have different things that you can do. Uh, to help out because they've identified certain issues and things like that. And a lot of it is really about they want to get to know you and build relationships with you. Um, and particularly students, because sometimes they don't have uh, younger people who are participating with them. And so they might not actually know or have a full understanding of the kinds of things that are really affecting uh, you and so uh, our, our younger people. So it's actually helpful if you do participate and share with them. You know, it's like, you know, you might have a neighbor saying, hey, you know, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what's the best way to connect with, you know, this group of college students who moved next door to me. I, I really do want to build a good relationship with them or communicate with them, or we want to let them know what's going on in the neighborhood, what's the best way to do it. And so they, you know, they may not be caught up on, you know, what's the trend in terms of like how you guys are communicating right now, but you can, you can share that with them. You can talk with them about those kinds of things. So sometimes it's really just about that communication. I'd say um, some other things that you could do as well is it's always that civic engagement, you know, finding out what's happening in the city too. So, I mean, I think there are, there are, there are always public meetings <laughs> happening uh, in city life uh, there, you know, so if you care about city infrastructure, if you, you know, like, doggone it, I can't take these potholes anymore, or these street lights are out, it needs to be better. You know, there is a way to get, there are ways to get things done. And so it's, it's not always going to look the sexy way, you know, like, you know, some of the community service projects do, you know, when you go out and you have fun with a bunch of kids and, and it's, you know, you get that fulfillment. Sometimes it's going to be that tough stuff, you know, that advocacy kind of work where you're really going to have to dig in and you're going to do it. And sometimes it's going to feel like you have to do it over and over again, or you have to, have to write letters, you know, or attend these meetings and really have to get your point across to people to say like, this is why this is important. And so, but when we talk about you know, how do you get from doing your regular, you know, community service where you go from that, you know, that uh, that one-off to that advocacy of social justice, like really getting into social justice. That's what that continuum actually kind of looks like when you start digging into that thing you care about. So, but it depends on what it is that you, um, that's that where your heart is and what it is that you want to do. So I would say it always starts with the heart. You know, what it what is it that you care about that, that you see you want to address and want to make change? Thank you, Aisha. So I just had one question. Um, with it being Black History Month, what are some ways that our students can get involved now and um, not only beyond February, but just also beyond our time at Rockers where we can kind of continue being allies to the back? to the black community great question great question so i think first for me i think black history month is extremely important um number one because black history is it's a, it's in the present 
it's in the present, like it's happening at this moment in time. It's, you know, we, the, because history, we're making it at right now. So if you ever go back and you look at, you know, all the old pictures, you know, of the, you know, the, the famous historical moments and you see all the different people there, you know, from the very famous, you know, folks there to, you know, all the other sea of faces that's there, they're all part of the historical moment. Uh, and that's a recorded history moment. You actually are making a recorded history moment as we speak. You're doing that right now. Um, so I think it's really important to be attentive to how we're living right now, um, how we are treating one another, how we are dealing with equity and justice issues right now, um, and and how we are are taking, you know, yeah, how we how we're taking other people along with us on that journey and really living in that space of caring for one another when we do that. Um, and I'll and I'll, I'll and I'm gonna get to this uh, <laughs> get to the heart of this question for real here in, in just a moment where because because when we talk about the historical elements of it, the reason why we have to talk about the history is because, you know, at least when I was growing up, you know, we talked about a couple of things um, over the years. You learned about Martin Luther King, you know, which was wonderful, and you learned about slavery, and that was just about it. You know, we, we might have learned about a couple of other things along the way, unless, you know, I got lucky where I had a, a Black history class, or not, yeah, yeah, it was an African-American history class uh, in high school. I had an African-American and an ethnic literature class in high school. I got, I, I'm, I, I got lucky with having, you know, some of those kinds of experiences, but not everybody does. And, and there are so many good stories, so many good people, so many good things out there that have touched so many lives and those stories need to be told and they need to be told regularly. And um, because it's, you know, we talk about, you know, black history, absolutely. Um, because there is a black perspective to those, but then there's also, you know, there is, you know, for, particularly for Americans, you know, there is that American perspective that intersects with that. Uh, but then we've also made ripples across the world too. So there's the global perspective that comes with it as well. So we really need to be um, attentive to that because there are those moments in time and we've seen some of those where it can be dismissed where, you know, it could say, oh, some, it, it, did that happen? Did it ever happen? Uh, an example that I'll toss out to you is recently. So, and this is where I'll say something to be done. Do, you know, do some of the research, look, read, do some of that history, do some of that historical research, you know, on your own. So recently the Kansas City Star put out a, a spread, I'm calling it a spread, but basically it was uh, their way to apologize for uh, the past, uh, their, their reporting that they that they've done basically over the past uh, century. Um, where they pretty much neglected any of the stories 
of that was happening to the black community. And it wasn't necessarily like there was a flood uh, that happened. So Brush, Brush Creek, just down the street here, flooded. And uh, there were, you know, a lot of uh, people who died, you know, of course, it was tons of property damage and all that. But, uh, and we know Brush Creek, you know, crosses east and west. And we know, you know, being here, Rockers beyond Trust Avenue, we know that, you know, the difference, you know, between what's, you know, on the west side of Trust and what's on the east side of Trust. And the coverage basically stopped <laughs> at Trust. They didn't really cover what was going on there. They barely, they didn't really cover some of the biggest moments of, in the civil rights movement. Uh, which is just amazing to me with, you know, when I go back and, uh, uh, and, and I read that and I thought, wow, really? They didn't talk about some of these things that have in Kansas City uh, during that time. But there was a Black-owned newspaper, there are two Black-owned newspapers that did cover uh, those things. And so because someone else was paying attention to the present and had that recorded history, you could go back and you could compare and contrast. And you could see what was going on. So, so I that's why I say the present is just as important as the as the history is. So we have to be really attentive to what we're doing. How do how do we share our gifts and talents with the world? And black people, we have shared our gifts and our talents with the world. And and. And of course, we haven't done it alone. I mean, we all, we've all had friends, we've all had allies, you know, at some point along the way. But we need that. We need our stories told, and it's critical. And it's critical. And I think that moment, particularly for allies, is that when you feel uncomfortable. If that uncomfortable moment happens where it's like, well, I don't know if I should be celebrating or talking about it or whatever, just remember that, you know, whenever your friend does something really cool and you go to applaud them, this is that moment of applause for your friend. Because guess what? When you do something really cool and great, your friend's going to applaud you too. And so it's really you giving them that boost. And I know with Black History Month, it's it's more than that. But I but again, think of it, you know, think of it in July. I don't well, I guess fourth of July happens in, in July. So I'm like, what's special in July? You know, or some other month where there's not some special thing. But in in, you know, so so think about it in some other point in time and and do the same thing then for them and it will be extremely meaningful to them. You know, if you, you're reaching out to them and you're thinking about them or, you, or you're thinking like, wow, this, is a, this was a fantastic thing that I, I thought about or I read about, you know, and it, it's not February, you know, you're in the middle of May and it's like, wow, you know, I learned, you know, about, you know, Vivian Thomas and his contributions to cardiac uh, surgery. There you go. <laughs> That's my two cents. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for your insights so far, Lisa. My question for you, as a you know liaison for the community center, 
and you talked a lot about the community that surrounds Rock Christian you know, being on the east side, Trist Avenue, and what we're subject to as a community. How can the community center and what you do be used as a vehicle to help Rockhurst not just promote the idea of Black History during Black History Month, but past that? You know, history is something that applies at any time of the year. So what is it that not only can you do in the community center, but outside of the community center? What should we as students be looking to do, not just during this month, but past that? And where does the community center fit into that? That's a great question. So, so when I look at what I do and I look at the community center, I, I look at it, I'll say with the institutional global perspective. And so it becomes like, what can rockers do? And it's, and I see a, a lot of things that can be done. My number one thing is, is how do we continue to build uh, relationship with uh, with our school district uh, here with Kansas City uh, Public School District. How do we continue to build relationship with uh, the charter schools that's right here as well uh, in the Truce uh, Avenue corridor and in the um, and I'd say on the east side. How do we uh, also um, build that pipeline of uh, of students? Uh, who, who, and families who feel confident and at home here at Rockers. I think that's critical, and I think that's important. Um, when uh, and when I talk about that, you know, the vision that comes to my mind is, you know, we have, you know, school groups of students who, you know, who spend like I, I think about summertime, you know, who can spend summertime on campus. And, and really enjoy the space. So, cause when you guys aren't here, you know, when students aren't here, you know, we've got some, we've got room to play, you know? So we've got some room to have students come, uh, you know, uh, high school elementary students come and be on campus and do some learning and things like that and really spread out and enjoy, you know, some of that time uh, here. And even during the school year, you know, have them here and be um, and become a part of the campus. One of the coolest things, so that intersectionality between Black history and Rockhurst history, I would say is there. There are a couple of things that happened. One was, I gosh, this is probably almost five years ago now. Um, Father Curran, we have what's called a, an all companions meeting um, at the beginning, towards the beginning of the school year. So it's before students get here usually. And so all companions, that's when we have faculty and staff get together, you know, and administrators. And uh, we, it's kind of like a state of the university address. And so father gets up and he talks and, you know, and there are some other uh, administrators who share news and information and stuff too. But this particular year he gets up and, um, and he sets the tone for inclusivity at Rockhurst, the future of inclusivity. And that we will, you know, that we're gonna have a chief inclusion officer, that that's the goal, that we're gonna do that. And 
we've got that. We have that now. Um, and in addition to him talking about creating this, he explicitly and plainly said, Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter at Rockers. That's something that's never been said at Rockers. Like, like not, it's been, uh, it's, it, ha, it had been said, you know, students have put the word out, you know, their faculty and administrators, you know, had come together in solidarity with folks, but it hadn't been put out in that term of like the official, like, this is it, <laughs> get on board. <laughs> and it was the first time ever that I sent a group text <laughs> to students. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in a group A, which was new, still new at the time. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what's going on. So, so I, 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 I say that um, to, to, to drive home that the point that that as we are creating this home for all at Rockhurst, you know, we really have to think through like we're an educational institution. What does that mean as we build the future for future generations? So as we think generationally, and you know, with these 60 or so different nonprofit organizations that we have coming through the community center, you know, there are quite a few of those who are youth serving organizations. Now they're youth serving for, for different reasons. They all have their different focal, focal points. But when we start talking about, you know, what is, you know, how does, how does education intersect with prosperity, economic development, um, uh, equity, all of those different kinds of things. This is where Rockhurst becomes that institutional stakeholder. That's where we become that uh, institutional anchor, that community anchor, uh, when people refer to our institution as that. So that's the kind of vision that I have with the work. And that's why I see it as that global goal to have. So, and that's how I see that intersecting with Black history and beyond. And I hope that makes sense. Please tell me, does that make sense? I, if it doesn't, I mean, please. <laughs> I'm okay with you saying, hey, nah, 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 go back to the drawing board, but. <laughs> no, it totally makes sense or makes sense by what, what you're saying. And thank okay. you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that because um, because I, we, we always have to be dreaming, right? You know, I have to be dreaming, thinking of something new and innovating. Uh, we can't be stagnant. Uh, so and it takes all of us, you know, so it's like I can't do this in in a vacuum. So that's, you know, the community in my title is very real. I have to be working with with other people and and coming up with things, so. 
And I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit with what you said. It definitely made, like, left me thinking when you were talking about Black History Month and how you were saying that it's, it's happening right now. And I feel like that was just such a really powerful phrase to say. And I think it's like a great way to like describe it to others. And I, I want to thank you for, for mentioning it like that. That way, you know, when I go out and like maybe talk about it with like my friends or family, that making sure that it's not just like something that has happened, but just being like, oh no, it's now, it's present. And I feel like it just makes it so much more powerful. And I, I want to thank you for, for like saying it like that because it really just puts it in a whole new perspective. Cool, cool, thank you. Yes, I absolutely agree. I know I saw like this saying on social media where it's like, we make black history. And um, it's just like, kind of like what you said, like we're a history in the making. I even know for me personally, um, I am a, physical medicine major but just looking at the old photos of the people who majored um and where I'm at now there was no one that looked like me at all and so I'm seeing the progression of things changing as the years get closer and closer to the present so it's just showing like okay we're actually making some progress on campus and it's just truly inspiring and even be able to see figures out in the community today doing some amazing and great things people who are young people who are youth I've seen five and six-year-olds have full businesses. Um, and so it's just amazing. And I absolutely love Black history, um, being able to have a time to truly celebrate it, but then also emphasize the most important fact that we want to continue to educate ourselves and to educate others. So I really thank you so much for coming on to the show with us. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, one last thing I, I'll, I'll say, and then you guys can kick me off, is um, one of my favorite things on campus is the second floor of Massman Hall. I'd say if you haven't been up there in a while, I'm, you know, take a stroll, you know, just down there, like by the president's office, like if you're, if you're going to Massman 250, that wall is the, basically the history of rockers where you do see like some of those photos uh, from 1910, and you know, with the dirt rope, but you see the progression of all of these, like of people. I mean, it's not so much the buildings. I mean, that's lovely, you know, the building, you know, you see the debt development, but the people. It, I mean, so you think about that, you think about the lives that they lived and what in the world were they doing, you know, when they were here, what were they thinking about and what was what were what was on their hearts and on their minds and um you know and and that's you that's you guys you know right now you know is your picture is not there right now but it's you it's you know so they you know you they were in that you were in that place you are in that place so I, it's it's just one of those things that um i look at that and it just some days i get the chills but i love it so thank you so much for letting me be a part again. And I just, I had a great time <laughs> talking with you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, Alicia, Alicia, we couldn't thank you enough. And uh, we'd love to have you on again, if you would uh, be willing to do that. Okay, um, all right, great. And a couple of things that you had mentioned that uh, 
got me thinking a little bit. Uh, you had mentioned that um, in the summer, uh, a lot of folks in the community come into Rockhurst um, when the students aren't here. And there's that new garden that's being uh, put together, orchard planted over by the uh, library that's gonna be for the community to come in as a place of reflection where um, it's well, everyone is welcome there, um, kind of symbolic. Uh, but also a practical place to meet. Uh, and you mentioned the Chief Inclusion Officer, Leslie Doyle. Um, Dr. Doyle will be on this podcast next time we record um, on the 26th. So uh, she is, it's on the Outlook calendar, so that makes it in stone. So, <laughs> um, but again, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can't thank you enough. All right, well, thank you. And take care and and peace and blessings to, to all of you. All right. See you later. Thank you, Alicia. So we certainly thank Alicia for joining us today and hitting our second topic. And we'll just go over this one really briefly. It was announced this week that uh, commencement at Rockhurst will be happening in person. Actually, going to change days. It's going to be 1 p.m. Friday, May 21st. It was previously on May 15th at Children's Mercy Park in KCK, Kansas City, Kansas, the outdoor soccer stadium where Sporting KC plays. Um, we're going to talk more about that on our next podcast at the end of February when Vince is able to join us. Um, as America and Vince will be participating in that uh, commencement ceremony. Vince today. Um, Kind of exciting actually he has a interview um, with a hospital in their icu uh, department and he was really looking forward to this opportunity so we wish him the absolute best of luck in that uh, in that interview things get real get right america <laughs> when you're graduating <laughs> just yes here we go getting super different getting ready for the real world but excited Indeed. All right. So next topic, fall 2021. And America and Vince, you will no longer be on campus, which is kind of sad. Uh, Brianna, Jarrett, uh, returning for another year uh, with Rockhurst. So here was the announcement just real briefly. Fall semester, they are going to, they're planning on returning to full classroom capacity and to increase the number of face-to-face -face classes in addition to remote learning options. Um, and it said face masks will likely still be required depending on where we are with uh, COVID in the community. But the goal is to get back to quote unquote normal as much as possible while still uh, keeping things as safe as possible. Uh, they're also in a they are hoping to increase the number of in-person social activities. So Bree and Jarrett, your thoughts on this? I know I'm very excited. Um, I know a few of the first year has asked me, so what is it going to look like? How, how, was it, how was it last year? And I'm like, well, I know things are going to be different, but um, I'm, I'm just very excited. And I can't wait to see what All Rockers has in store for us. And hopefully we can able to really mend that community relationship again, as strong as it was before the pandemic. So I know class of 23, we were very close with each other, especially during orientation. So I hope that the future classes are able to get that experience as well. Honestly, Brian, you know, for everyone listening, 
Bacchus is such a special place for many, many reasons. And seeing that those changes will be, you know, allocated in some way, shape or form is definitely a great thing, you know, because if it's something that I've learned to understand at this point, and COVID has really taught it to me, is that everyone's perspective and everyone's experience is going to be different from what me being a part of the class of 23 might have been. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. There'll just be different ways to go about things. And I do believe that Rockhurst is finding new ways to allow, you know, who will be the sophomores next year for the new incoming class of first year students for 2021, that they'll just have new ways to immerse themselves in the community, whether that be through, you know, something like Family Weekend potentially coming back, which is still in the talks, or just, just getting more involved on campus, you know, having those in-person classes return to full capacity is definitely big for people that have learning styles where they need to be able to, hey, raise their hand if they have a question. I'm one of those people. It's it's very hard online sometimes because you might feel a little intimidated about how you can learn. Is this the best way to learn? So I believe Rockers is definitely moving in the right direction as far as giving people that option in person, but also keeping the online and remote availability options open as well. So I'm excited. And if you go to Rockers, even if you're not going to be at Rockers, you should be excited as well. Jared, you mentioned Family and Alumni Weekend. Is there one event, I'm gonna put you two on the spot in America, feel free to jump in here too. Uh, one event that didn't happen this year that uh, you're looking forward to coming back. Well, me personally, um, I'm looking forward to Are You After Dark? And I've actually never experienced that because like at the end of our first year, it got cut off. But I've been hearing so many great things about Are You After Dark? And so now I'm actually currently a part of the team um, in Res Life that's planning to, you know, advertise that or whatnot. So I'm not really sure like how it's supposed to look. So I'm just doing it based off what everyone has been telling me in the past, but I'm very excited to experience that. And even more excited to experience that next year when we have a little bit more freedoms. I would say that I'm definitely, even though I won't um, be here, I'm excited for people to just experience, um, we've talked about it before, Rockstock um, at the concert at the end of the year. I feel like that's always such a great time. And then also for those involved in fraternity or sorority life, being able to kind of go through that recruitment process in person. And of course, Greek week. Um, those are always really fun weeks overall. So um, I'm excited that, you know, hopefully next year, the people that are involved are able to go through that in person and just really get to have the full experience. Yeah, I mean, the message is pretty consistent. It's it's going to be great for people to have that experience, regardless of in what way. But for me, I think something that I've definitely missed on being at home is, so me and one of my best friends um, at Rockhurst, we would go crazy at the basketball games, just go absolutely nuts. <laughs> and I miss that. I really miss that a lot. Just the idea of, you know, I love Rockhurst Main Gym a lot. A lot. I love the combo. But with it being so small and just the the capacity, it's like you can hear everything in there. We can talk very quietly and the other team's bench could be on the other side and they heard everything we were saying, which could be a bad, time, bad thing sometimes. But it was fun. You know, I feel like that's such a such an important part of CODs is just, you know, immersing with, you know, sports and the activities and the other things that go on besides just getting involved in clubs and getting to meet new people and just getting to experience different things. That's something I definitely miss. And family weekend as well, because I remember as a freshman, just how interesting it was seeing all these people that I had gotten to know, I want to say, in the first two, maybe three weeks that I was there. And all of a sudden you're seeing families. All of a sudden there's dogs running around everywhere. It was 
it was quite a culture shock for me and I was already at Rockhurst, but it's an interesting experience. And you know, I'm glad to see the people that have already experienced that and to see it again for the ones that are new that haven't seen Family Weekend yet, for them to be able to have their own fun with the day as well. Jared, you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, not too long ago here about getting involved on campus. And one of the um, topics we had submitted to us from a listener uh, was how do I get involved on campus? And I guess there's two ways to answer this. There's how do you get involved in campus right now um, in our current state? And then in a, I keep saying normal year and it's kind of, I'm annoying myself with it, but when we're not in a pandemic, how do you get involved? What's the best way to, to dive into that deep end there? I would say the best way to get involved. And for me, I definitely was looking to get involved before I got to Rockers. That's just something I did in high school and I wanted to see, okay, what vehicles can I use to help make change in whatever way possible? You know? But definitely this is where, you know, it kind of can come for your own benefit, just making sure that you can find ways to be friends with different types of people, you know, because there were interests that I ended up developing that I don't really think I knew that I had at that point when I first got to Rockers. So it's not just the idea of, you know, looking at a bulletin board and signing up for an event. Yes, that is half the battle, but then applying yourself and see, is this something I actually really care about is where the rest of that comes from. So as far as, you know, getting involved, I'd say the best thing you can do is to, when you make those friends, you know, just, get to know more about them and what they like, and they'll do the same for you. And if anything, I believe getting involved, especially in a place like Rockhurst where it is so common, it will just come as long as you're making sure that you're just opening yourself up to all these different opportunities, the people around you, and honestly, the greatness that the community can bring to you and the people around you. I absolutely agree. Um, And even if you're trying to get into a specific specific organization, if you know anyone in that organization, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to add you to the group me, to the emailing list, and let's say you don't know how to reach out to that person. Um, I know for me, I'm very well connected with a lot of the different organizations on campus. And so even if you're able to ask your RA or someone um, you can count on to ask you how to point you towards that direction, I know they'll be there to definitely help you with that. And I've also noticed over this past year that the more you get yourself involved, you'll find yourself being recommended for things by other people, by faculty, by staff. I know that's kind of like the position that I'm in where I don't necessarily hear about every opportunity, but I get recommended for those opportunities because of what I'm doing now. So you definitely want to put yourself out there and be able to try new things. You definitely got this. I think we've, I don't know if we've talked about this before, maybe the free stuff there. That's something that it's like the easiest thing you can get involved in when you start your um, freshman year. Um, So it just happens. I think it's like during the first week of classes. And that's definitely how I got really involved. Um, I remember they were out in the quad. And so they had like all organizations just had a table. And what me and my friends did, we literally went to every single table. And then any table that we felt like sounded slightly interested 
um, we just put our name down and then they, it, you're not like committed to go to every single meeting or like be a member automatically. It's just kind of like putting your name down if you want more information. And then they started sending us emails or add us to group meetings. And then um, they told us when the first meeting was. So definitely that first week and like second week, um, we went to like so many meetings. We had like a, a meeting every single day. And then we just kind of got a feel of what we liked, what we didn't. Um, but I feel like that's definitely just the easiest way to get involved during like a normal non-pandemic school year um, because you get to meet so many people and then obviously everyone out there wants you to get involved. Um, and then I also agree with what Bree said, the more you get involved, it's just like the easier it is to like get to know other people or um, have people even tell you, like recommend you for things that you want to do. But, you know, as of right now, during the pandemic, um, I think the easiest way to get involved would be um, maybe just going on the Rockers um, website and just looking up all the organizations that we have on campus. Maybe one of them sounds kind of interesting to you. Um, I think like most all organizations have like an Instagram page, so you can always um, DM them and be like, hey, I'm looking for information because, you know, nowadays it's not as easy as before when you would kind of, they, people would have like tables outside of like the cafeteria. Um, so just send them a message, be like, Hey, I'm interested in, could you just like, give me some information and then everyone is going to respond, you know, very happily. Great. Now, a couple of things that you guys have said in previous episodes that stuck out to me was, uh, I don't know if Vince said this or maybe it was you, Jarrett, about, uh, Rockhurst gives back twice as much as you give to it, basically. Um, you get involved and then kind of what Bree was saying, um, just all these opportunities start rolling for you. Uh, in America, I think it was the last episode you said that um, like upper, upper uh, class uh, students are not to be uh, feared or, or provide intimidation to, to anyone. They want to get to know the underclassmen. So I know so many freshmen come in, the first year students come in and like, oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't. Just say yes. Just go, because they that door is open even if you think it's closed. Would you agree with that or? Oh, I one hundred percent agree with that. I, I yeah. I just thinking back to when I was a freshman. Um, like I said, thankfully I got really involved and I got to meet so many seniors just through um, through Senate um, and through DSP. And then just a couple weeks ago, there um, I think the recruiter for she had a position and she was like recruiting for DSP, which is the business fraternity on campus. Um, when I was a freshman and she was a senior, and she came back. Um, I think, yeah, it was like a couple weeks ago and just to one of our meetings and she was talking about like her job right now. And when I joined the meeting, she was just like, hey, America, how are you? Like, how have you been? And I don't know, for me, it was just kind of very surprising because I mean, we were really only together like once like full semester since like that, um, the f freshman year, my fall semester, I kind of was going through um, like, I guess the initi initiation process of a new member. So we weren't like fully in, together like on, until like the last semester and it's really cool that now and I feel comfortable you know if I needed something she was like hey if you ever need anything or maybe need like a recommendation um just like reach out to me and I felt that that was like really the kind of the coolest thing that I kind of made that relationship like at the beginning of my freshman year um and she was leaving and then now that I'm a senior I feel comfortable reaching out to her and then to so many other people and those and it's just it so 
I always say it, if you're a freshman and you just have that opportunity or a sophomore to kind of talk to those upperclassmen, they really do want to get to know you. And then now that I am a senior, I really do want to get to know like the freshmen because I just realized how much of an impact it was that I had that opportunity and kind of got to know what they're doing. And now um, just seeing what those seniors are doing, you know, some of them are like about to graduate from law school. Um, and it's just very cool that I have those connections with them and um, that I can reach out to them if I need anything. And I feel like that kind of, when we always talk about the Rockers community, that's really what it is. It's just being able to reach out to someone just because you went to Rockers and they would happily help you in anything. Be like, hey, I need, could you tell me about your job? Everyone wants to help like a Rockers um, student, you know, if you went to Rockers. So those connections are so, so important. Awesome. Thank you. And um, there's really no easy way to segue into our next topic here, the Super Bowl um, or the bowl that was going to be super and is not. Uh, did everyone have a good time at their Super Bowl gatherings at least? Can we go with that? Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jared, <laughs> you were breaking down the game for us. Um, Last, last time we recorded. So did it, did it go the way you thought it would go? And, and what is the biggest, what was the biggest uh, catalyst for the, uh, the Bucks win? Well, here's what I will say, because I analyzed it, I did say that um, in order for, to the, for the Bucks to win, uh, the defense, which has been playing really, really good prior to the Super Bowl, would have to play probably the best game that they've ever played. And that Tom Brady was just going to have to be Tom Brady. And that is exactly what happened. So even though that's not the outcome that I thought was going to happen, that is exactly what happened. Tom Brady dominated. He put the ball in the hands of whoever needed to, and the defense did ridiculous. That's, I want to say they said that was the first time since Pat Mahomes was in college that he's lost a game by more than one possession. And they lost by about three, four different scores, and they didn't score a touchdown. It was pretty sad to watch. Honestly, I, I didn't really like the game in general. It was it's just kind of boring, not even just because the Chiefs were losing. It just wasn't the most energetic energetic game to watch, unless you want to say, you know, watching Pat Mahomes run through infinity and beyond to try and throw a ball was fun. But needless to say, that was the outcome. I definitely believe the Chiefs could have won, but the Bucks just, they played an amazing game. You got to give it to them. And Tom Brady now has a seventh Super Bowl ring and Many people would argue that that cements him possibly as the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know how I feel about that yet, but I mean, it's it was it was quite major, quite major. I think the more important question for everyone that may not be the most um, football person is, what are your thoughts on the halftime show? <laughs> Ooh, let's go with that. I think I don't know. I didn't. Maybe it's because I'm not like a huge weekend fan. So I, what I heard was that it was more significant to his fans because there was a lot of like symbolism that he's been, he's been doing with this album. But I've just all of the songs that I know are like maybe like the radio songs. So for me, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know, just a little. It's a little boring for me personally, but not what I was expecting. Same. I do commend him for paying like seven million dollars of his own money <clears throat> towards the halftime show. 
But kind of like she said, I'm not really like a big weekend fan. So um, I don't know. I just, yeah, it wasn't that entertaining to me. Um, and I don't know. I just don't see him as a performer. Like in previous times, you see people dance and like people flying from the, the, seal, the sky, it seems like, um, in previous performances. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just didn't really like it. And maybe because I didn't really fully understand his story and that background. But yeah. I don't really like it. I gotta answer your own question, Jared. Well, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of the weekend myself. I'm like a few songs of his from when I was in seventh, eighth grade. I um, earned it, probably one that a lot of people know. Um, but like I remember I saw, I think it was an award show about five, six years ago. I don't know why I remember this, but you know, on the radio, and you know, I remember the first time I heard a song by The Weeknd, I think it was a song that he sang with Ariana Grande, and I'm like, oh, I like this guy's voice a lot. They had a concert, and he was singing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, just the auto-tune was definitely very apparent, and I didn't like his real voice, so um, watching the Super Bowl show was, I do believe the graphics was cool, I love, um, if you had told me that he put seven million dollars of his own money into it, as far as the display, I would believe that. I would definitely believe that. And I just personally don't think it was a Super Bowl act. That's just how I personally feel. No shame on him. You know, he got his money. He did what he needed to do on the biggest stage. And that's probably something that he's going to take with him everywhere he goes in life, as he should. But for me and for many other people, like as America said, a lot of weekend fans, they loved it. Could not get enough of what was going on. But there was no in-between of, oh, I just thought it was okay there was just a lot of people that pretty dissatisfied with it I think he's a good performer just as I said is it Super Bowl worthy when we talk about the caliber you know of having who we've seen in the past decades you know Katy Perry um Madonna who else Bruno Mars and Beyonce Bruno Mars Beyonce who came on twice because they can't get enough of her <laughs> we have that you had Justin Timberlake was was all right but I, I'm a big Justin Timberlake fan so I liked his performance and just there's a lot of other options that typically you we've had. So the weekend long term is it's not gonna fit into that. This will be the one where they're gonna be like, okay, not only is it the one where the Chiefs got obliterated, but what was that halftime show? That's how I see it. Any thoughts on the game, Bree or America? Or will they be back? Will the Chiefs be back? It's one of the things where it's like you win some, you lose some, but at the same time. I was really hoping it would be a close game because, like, at least that's what makes it interesting. It's just really, like, sad. I'm like, man. Like, I know my friends, like, it was, like, the fourth quarter because we watched it beginning to end. They're like, can they just at least score one more time to get, like, the double digits at least? Like, huh. <laughs> but I don't know. I think um, – I do think that injury set him back a little bit because um, he was kind of limping a little bit on the field. And then also, you know, he really had to work overtime um, going against Tom Brady. So I don't know. I think once they go back to the drawing board and get some things down, um, I think they'll definitely be able to at least go to the Super Bowl next year. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know much about football, like I said last time. So I kind of like left midway. I was just like, okay, I need things to do. And I would come back because I was like, I don't know what's going on and they're losing. 
Um, so, but I think that we'll be back, hopefully. Um, maybe once Tom Brady um, retires, who knows when. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but he was throwing the Super Bowl trophy between boats in the parade, the boat parade. Did you see that? That's what you can do when you have seven of those trophies. You can yeah. throw however many you want. I was like, oh my God, please don't drop it. <laughs> I was going to hit the dude in the head. Just the way he's doing it. <laughs> Tom had a good time that day. Uh, if you saw the other footage of him. At any rate. Well, we had a good time today. Not like Tom had, but we had a good time. Uh, we thank Alicia for joining us, of course. Uh, we, we, again, wish Vince good luck with his interview. For those of you listening, find us again on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get it. Uh, tell your friends about it. If you have any guest ideas or topic ideas, questions, anything, please, please let us know. So for Brianna and Jared and America, uh, this is Chad Schneider. Thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend, everyone.